This podcast is part of the Big Heads Media Podcast Network. Go to BigHeadsMedia.com for more great podcasts. Support for Meow Mix comes from Manscaped, who is best in men's below-the-belt grooming. Manscaped offers precision-engineered tools for your family jewels. Listen up, fellas. It's almost Christmas time. You want to clean up? Give your wife or your girlfriend or your Tinder date or whoever a nice present for the holidays? Get that gentleman's sausage nice and clean. The huevos as well. But you don't want to hurt yourself while you're doing it. Sometimes you nick a little little huevo down there and you spill a little yolk. But you want to make sure that you're doing it the right way. You never want to spill any yolk. <laughs> That's why this revolutionary company, Manscaped, has redesigned the electrical trimmer. Their Lawnmower 2.0 has proprietary advanced skin safe technology, so this trimmer won't nick or snag your huevos. It's also waterproof, so you can use it in the shower. The Manscaped Perfect Package 2.0 also offers the Crop Preserver. That's an anti chafing ball deodorant and moisturizer. You already put deodorant on your armpits. Why aren't you putting deodorant on the smelliest part of your body? Yeah, and these products smell good. Their manly scent is attractive and will help set the mood for, well, you know what I mean. Uh, This is the season to manscape. So get yourself, your dad, your brother, your friends. The best gift of all, the Manscaped Perfect Package 2.0. Get 20% off and free shipping with the code BIGHEADS. At manscaped.com. That's 20% with free shipping at manscaped.com and use code BIGHEADS. Clean up your nuts and make Santa proud this year. Yeah. Mrs. Claus, too. everyone and welcome to Meow Mix, a Carolina Panthers podcast. My name is Steven. My name is Jerry. And we are unfortunately here to talk about another Carolina Panthers loss. This one, a heartbreaker. Yeah, very much a heartbreaker. Ugh. Just <laughs> uh, so close. Just, just this, yeah, a this field one... goal and an extra, a couple extra points. We could have been up. By, oh, I don't want to. Yeah, we'll get into it. We'll get into it. A lot of, I think a lot of things went right in this game, and a lot of things went wrong in this game. Mm-hmm. Um, certainly, I mean, there's no need to sleep on it. The goat of this game is Joey Sly. Yeah, he missed missed a potential go ahead field goal um, with I don't even know how much time was left. Not a ton. Yeah. Um, he also missed two extra points, and we didn't make a two-point conversion because he missed the first extra point. So if he would have been kicking extra points, that would have been six points, including the that three miss or He missed two extra points. Okay, we that's, were two, forced, that's two. We were forced to go for the two-point conversion, and then okay. if he would have made that last field goal, that would have been a six-point lead. Okay, that math sort of checks out. <laughs> You're right, um... You know, Sly missed kicks, and 
um, you know, potentially a six point swing there. Um, mm-hmm. cert- certainly would have made a difference for sure. Not sure it would have made a difference in terms of winning or losing the game. Just because I think uh, if Breeze has the ball at the very end, they're going to score no matter what. And they did. Well, uh, they would have they kicked the field goal, but if we were up six, we'd have had to get him into the end zone. And I still, I still think they score. Like honestly, it seems like each team was just marching up and down the field. So you know, um, I think there was some play calling screw ups in this game from the Panthers offensively. Oh to yeah, where we could have definitely taken some more time off the clock there towards the end of the game. Um, Certainly at the end of the first half, I mean, we were lucky to score there. Uh, and Tony Romo was calling it the whole time. He was like, this is, you know, what are you guys doing? He yep. was telling us, telling you exactly how you should play that. And Norv and Ron were doing the exact opposite. Yes, exactly. And then on that last drive, we had first and goal. And then we play, uh, we first do, what is it? Arma up the middle on first down. And then we do a rollout pass on second down and at this time new orleans was trying to stop the clock so why not give it to your best player on second down there with a sweep or something and just tell them don't go out go down instead of going out and then they got to use another timeout yeah you've got so it was two minutes 21 seconds left first and goal at the three Mm -hmm. and the mccaffrey run for negative one yards that second timeout by New Orleans. So there's 216 left at that point. And you got two Kyle Allen pass attempts. And one yeah. of them ended in a sack. You know, every time the Panthers need something to happen, they get sacked because our offensive line is crap. Um, so <laughs> that takes us to the two-minute warning. And then you kick a field goal, you miss it. And they've got the ball with plenty of time, one timeout. Yeah. And all they need to do is get it within the 30-yard line, and they're good to go. And... Ron Rivera played his natural soft zone defense, and oh, and you know you knew it was coming. Yeah, I did, and that's why, especially when Joey missed that field goal, I was like, "Well, we definitely lost this game." Yeah, I, I figured we had to get in the end zone. To be honest, there, I did. That, too. I felt that was an end zone. You have to score, otherwise they're gonna win. Yeah, and we we were given every opportunity. The we were. refs were calling yeah. everything on them. I was going to say, I felt like the the officiating was pretty good for us in this game. Yeah, I felt like a Dallas fan for once where every call right. goes our way. I was like, what is going on? I laughed so hard at the reversal of pass interference. Oh, yeah. That was Just because one. it's in New Orleans and it set us up really to win the game. Yeah. Didn't work out for us, obviously. But um, that was pretty, that was, I mean, what has New Orleans done to get that kind of officiating karma i mean honestly <laughs> like i've kind of felt bad for him. like i was thinking to myself if i'm a saints fan i am so pissed off right now well not only that there's a non-pass interference call earlier on michael thomas mm-hmm. that that was called against him that was huge and they you know they didn't overturn that one which i was shocked yeah, well, that was yeah, that was early in the game, and kind of interesting. Sean Payton was out of challenges with about eight minutes left in the first quarter of this game. Yeah, you know, he he ended up winning the second one. The first one was again, and just these pass interference calls are never overturned. 
You know, no. they're never ever turning. And then, and then the one for us was, and it gave us an opportunity. Just couldn't capitalize. Yeah. Now, it uh, was pass interference. It was, certainly was. It certainly but was. But they don't re- usually overturn those. Right. That one was so obvious, though. It felt like, it felt like if you didn't overturn that one, then really, what is what are you even doing out there? You know, yeah. the Michael Thomas one was. I, I didn't think it was pass interference, to be honest, but they were they were hand fighting, and that was the call. You know, I can see not overturning that one. This one, I mean, he just grabbed. Who was it? Uh, who was coming up over the Jarius Wright? Because he would he would have definitely had a chance to score on that too. Yeah, for sure. Because the linebacker was pretty deep in the end zone and everything, and it seemed like he had some space to wiggle into the end zone. I would like to say that you know, even after that missed field goal, the very first play of that next drive, your boy shows up. Yeah. With a big sack on Drew Brees. First time I'd heard his name all day. I saw him because he was only out there for 15 snaps or something, I'm sure. Yeah. Uh, it's back to why. How, it, Ron, come on, man. I mean, you're coaching for your job. And a team that throws the ball 39 times on us compared to 18 rushes, mm-hmm. you don't put him out there? Yes. Yeah, another good game in terms of defending the rush for the Panthers, although they had a very high average rush you know 6.6 yards per rush for them but uh, it kind of felt like we were keeping them in check surprising that Latavius Murray started the game and really that whole first half he was kind of the only one rushing the ball yeah he was the only one actually succeeding at it I mean you said I mean they had 18 rushes for 118 yards so we didn't keep them in check that well but a lot of those were uh, two or three big plays yeah, there was a 30-yard and a 26-yarder. So, I mean, 56 of those 818 yards were on two plays. Yeah. So, it did feel to me like a better run defense than the Panthers have been showing. But, again, 311 passing yards for Drew Brees, 101 receiving yards for Michael Thomas. That guy, you just can't can't stop him. He's um, a beast. He is. But, I mean, let's talk about some of the good stuff from this game. I mean... You know, if you, we'll probably talk about Joey Sly again in a later segment, but um, you know, Kyle Allen looked good this game. Yeah, I mean, he looked good. Um, he did have a fumble. Uh, we fell back on it. Fumble Ruski returns, but uh, in terms of protecting the ball, otherwise, I thought he did a pretty good job. There was a couple that could have been intercepted, but I think they were on tips from mm-hmm. our own receivers. Uh, by the way, Curtis Samuel, what are you doing out there, man? A couple of easy catches that he just didn't didn't get any hands on. One yeah. that hit him right in the chest. One Bounce. went through his hands, yeah. yeah. I, I don't know. And he's been pretty sure-handed. I was kind of surprised by that, too. And they used him a lot in the – well, not a lot, but a decent amount in the running oh, game. Today. Four rushes for him. I mean, yeah. that's, that's, that's a number. I mean, that's more than most of our backup running backs I've gotten all season. So, honestly, More than, <laughs> that is yeah, true. it really is. I mean, hey, I was glad needed, to see it, though. Yeah, we needed that because it kept them a little bit more honest on McCaffrey, even though McCaffrey did not have a great game rushing the ball because the Saints were ranked number two or three against the run. They're a good run defense. Yeah. Um, yeah, they held McCaffrey to 2.9 yards per carry. 
22 carries for 64 yards for him, another nine receptions for 69 yards, so a little more productive in the passing game, but uh, you know, 31 touches for McCaffrey in this game. Uh, did score twice, so, I mean, he was productive, as usual, 100, yeah. what, 135 total yards, something like that. So, doing his thing, you know. Yeah, he's always going to get his yardage, whether passing or running. It's unfortunate that he couldn't get going. There was a couple runs where it looked like he was going to break off, but then someone just yeah. shoestring got him, and it only ended for six yards. Otherwise, it seemed like it could have been a, another home run one. Yeah, and you and I are probably thinking about the exact same play. It looked like it, he was just ready to bust it, and yep. somebody just tripped him up right there at the line of scrimmage, and he still ended up falling for about six yards. But um, DJ Moore had a hell of a game. And yeah, he I was wanna, hurt. Yeah, I want to talk a little bit about DJ Moore. He had six receptions, 126 yards, and two touchdowns. Now, unfortunately, my computer sucks. I had the stats up, but it's taken a while to re-pull them back up. Um, the past, ever since the Titans game, he's had a 101-yard game, 120-yard game, 95-yard game, and 126-yard game. He's averaging over 100 yards a game in the past four games. He's really starting to step up his game about averaging eight receptions a game too. That's he's looking good. He's looking like a number wide one wide receiver that is growing into the role right now. He is. And I don't know if there's been a concerted effort to get him the ball since basically since he was called out by Steve Smith. Right. Yeah. I mean, that after that San Francisco game, they, I mean, kind of lit into him. And he, he has stepped up, but certainly you look at the targets, there are a, a distinct number of targets that are going his way that were not going his way first. Now, he's not scoring a lot. This is the first. I mean, he's only got three yeah. touchdowns all season, and two of them came in this game. Um, so hopefully you, ho- you hope to see, you know, in the years to come, that stat get a little better. But, yeah, I mean, he's going to end up with well over 1,000 yards this season receiving as long as he stays healthy. Well, yeah, he's 95 yards away from a thousand yarder season. Mm-hmm. I think I read somewhere that he has four 50 yard catches or more this season so far. Two in this game. Yeah. So, I mean, he's making those big plays. I know you said he's only scored three times, but he's making some great plays out there right now. Just want to get some love, you know? Yeah, they're just not targeting him in the red zone. It seems like. Yeah. So his touchdowns, you know, are. Um, I guess this game they got him a couple in the red zone, but those two fifty yarders, by the way, one was just a beautiful throw deep mm-hmm. down the field by Kyle Allen. Kind of felt like if you would have led him a little more, you know, it would have been a touchdown. Um, or was it a touchdown? It was a touchdown, or at least the first one was. Okay, maybe I was thinking of the second one, but the second one was all him, right? He caught it fifteen yards down the field and then just took off. Yeah, and that was after the injury. Right when he messed his wrist up or something, yeah, someone's helmet went straight at his elbow. It looked like and sh- yeah. like flung it around. I was shocked he actually came back for this game after that hit. Yeah, I was worried, and he came it. back and made some big catches, yeah. really big catches, a couple of nice third down catches. Yeah, but I was thinking about that second one where I feel like if Kyle would have gotten him a little, threw it a little farther where he could have caught it just at full speed, nobody would have caught him. Um, unfortunately, he did. He did end up catching it and get hit by like three guys before finally <laughs> someone finally got him down down the field. But um, he also got a carry in this game. 
He had one rush. So kind of interesting to see Norv Turner break out the open up the playbook quite a bit in this game. A what lot of wide receiver. So I know, right? We've been talking about this for weeks, it seems like. Maybe the whole season. Yeah, because he was so... Last season, he had very a lot of interesting play styles, you know, a lot of end of rounds and stuff to loosen up that defense. This season, he hasn't used it. He's used a lot of motion, but he hasn't used the end of rounds like he was last year. And Yeah. Well, what, last year? I think DJ Moore was the leading rushing receiver in the league yeah. last year. So, yeah, where is that? I mean... We, we definitely could use that on this offense. When well, it's, basically it's a little late just, now. I know. <laughs> I know. And I guess we should talk about that, right? We're now four games behind New Orleans with five games left. Mm-hmm. And they beat us once already. Yep. So to win the division, we would need to win out. And they would need to lose out, <laughs> essentially. <laughs> right? I mean, yes. that's essentially how it would have to happen. Because if they win one game, then... They win the division at ten and six. So yeah, we have we have five games left, uh, and we play New Orleans again, the Falcons, Indianapolis, yay Washington next week. But other than that, it, it's Seattle also. Road. Yeah, Seattle's also in there. Oh yeah, nine and nine and two Seattle. So I don't see uh, much of a pathway anymore to the playoffs. I. The analytics probably give us like a 0.02% chance right now. I was going to say, I was getting ready to pull up this playoff standings here. We're currently 10th in the NFC. Three losses, actually three full games now behind Minnesota. So that's going to be with five games left and as well as Minnesota has been playing. We're also sitting behind Los Angeles, who's six and four and has a win over us, Chicago, and Philadelphia. So they all have tiebreakers over us. So I think it's going to be a season of off-season changes this year, uh, the way it looks like right now. After Tepper's press conference, uh, this heartbreaking loss, uh, which, by the way, they, they came out and played really well. They did. They played hard After last week. week. Yep. I, the defense, I don't know what is wrong with the defense. It's still just... You know, hard. even... I mean, 20... So after that first quarter, it seemed like the defense really played pretty well after that mm-hmm. first quarter because you, you give up 14 points pretty much immediately. Um, I want to talk about the special teams here in a second, by the way. Oh, yeah, me up, too. You give up 14 points in the first quarter, and you're not you know, you're down 14 nothing. You feel like you're out of it, right, at that yeah. point. We sort of – I mean, we've seen this before, right? This We've, we've sang this song before. New Orleans is just going to beat the hell out of us. And then Kyle Allen comes down. That's where that big, long 52-yard touchdown mm-hmm. to DJ Moore happened. And all of a sudden, it's 14-6. Joey Sly misses the extra point, of course. So mm-hmm. I was just laughing. I was sitting on my couch laughing. And my wife was like, why are you laughing? They just missed the extra point. I was like, because we can't have nice things. <laughs> you know, even <laughs> you have this beautiful touchdown, it gets you right back in the game, and you miss the extra point. You're absolutely correct on that. <laughs> just, can't. You, yeah, we can't do it. We can't have nice things. The game but should at, have been tied at halftime, but yeah, it wasn't. No. So after those 14 points, though, I mean, we outscored them 31 to 20 for the rest of the game. It yeah, just but, wasn't But enough. you're right. We stopped them. And then in the third quarter, we go, I think, three and out, or we may have gotten one first mm-hmm. down, and then we punted it. They drive the length of the field to score. We get the ball back. Same thing happens. They punt. Yeah. We punt. 
to go down and score. It, I, it was I the first, it. yeah, the first and third quarter killed us. That fourteen points in the first quarter, fourteen points in the third quarter. Then it seems like adjustments were made, and we held them to three points in the second quarter, and then unfortunately those that devastating three points in the fourth quarter. Yeah, but it, it seems like they're a little too late. I mean, we gave up thirty four points. I mean, yeah. we scored. The offense put up 31 points on a gr- really good defense. Yeah. The offense it, did enough to win, for sure. I Usually, if you put up 31, you should be winning that game. Especially yeah. when your heart and soul is supposed to be defense. I'll, I'll be, I mean, I hate to put it all on the kicker, mainly because, you know, I like Joey Sly. I feel like, I, I mean, I can't really defend him at this point. He's been pretty crappy. For the Ever last since that month, first month, almost. yeah, yeah, he won NFC Special Teams Player of the Month the first month, and after that, he has gone downhill yeah. quite drastically. Yeah. It's like one now, time, he... I, one time when I was a teenager, I won Employee of the Month at a job, and then after that, I would just like <laughs> stop trying, and I was fired, you reached the you peak know. at that job. <laughs> I guess I was fired like a month later because I just didn't care anymore. And uh, You're kinda, like, this is all I get if I work hard. I know it feels like you know. Obviously, I don't think that's what's happening here with Joey, but um, I don't know, now, man. He, after the game, he admit, admitted he was like, "This is on me. I I take full responsibility for this loss." And uh, he should. And he should. He should. And, yeah. And you know, we don't know if they're going to bring in kickers on Tuesday, which I think they should. Either they sign someone or not, they need to bring someone in. Yeah, I don't know if they will or not. Um, they should, I think. You're right. Uh, I don't know if they will. But let's talk about... So that's one part of special teams that was terrible today. Mm-hmm. I want to talk about Rashawn Galden. Oh, yes. Yes. Okay. What was he doing? I don't know. And I, I saw him do it again the next punt. He just barely missed running into DJ Moore. So is DJ Moore not calling loudly enough that, hey, I'm here, you know what I mean, or something? Even if if he's calling, maybe, maybe that's what it is. I don't know, because Galden is just, like, running right into him. And blocking guys into him. Like, that, that, those second seven points in the first quarter were right after that. They got the ball on, like, the 25-yard line or so. I don't remember the exact yardage. 27. 27 and scored yep. right away. Yep. That, and that was just, I, I don't know enough to know whose responsibility that is. If it's the caller or the blocker, mm-hmm. maybe that's something we'll need to reach out to our, our resident football expert on um, some special teams questions, <laughs> but well, um, uh, yeah. our special teams has been horrible all year. Let, has, besides Polardi. The special teams have been awful. Uh, we've had extra points and field goals blocked. We've had multiple punts just muffed. Yeah. We've got on a cycle through punters or uh, punt returners now, and now we're using our number one receiver because they can't get anybody to catch it regularly. Yeah, That's- our number one receiver who you know didn't hurt his wrist on a punt return, but. Did hurt his wrist, and now there's somebody else that's going to have to be out there. I think I saw Jarius Wright out there once uh, trying to catch a punt. It's it's ridiculous. How do they not? Chase Blackburn 
Ron's gonna probably gonna be gone, but if he doesn't go, Chase Blackburn needs to be oh, gone. Chase Blackburn probably needs to go now. I mean, yeah. honestly, after this performance, I would fire that special teams coordinator. Uh, he probably won't because what's the point? What's the I point? Mean, and Ron is so loyal. It that's that's one of Ron Rivera's worst problems is his loyalty. He it's just not, too strong. Maybe, maybe he'll take over play calling for special teams instead of firing Chase Blackburn. <laughs> Uh, again, uh, Washington should have been gone last year, or at least demoted, and we should have tried to got bring Steve Wilkes back. Yeah, I mean, he was demoted in everything but name, I think. Um, uh, but he I, should have been demoted in total. You're right. Yeah, in name as well. Or yeah. bring in Steve Wilkes as co-defensive coordinator if you really don't want to demote his name. Yeah, um... As, as poorly as the Panthers started this game, I was really happy to see them fight back, like like mm-hmm. you mentioned. Um, they definitely played hard in this game for Ron, I thought. I, I still think Ron's a good coach. I just don't think that Tepper... I think Tepper's done with him, honestly. Uh, just after hearing those... Him. Yeah. After hearing those, sta- those um, comments he made last week, and, you know, go listen to our... Tepper Speaks podcast if you're not sure what we're talking about. But basically he said that he was not going to accept mediocrity anymore. That's kind of an indictment on your coaching staff because this guy has been here for the last, you know, eight years. And it does sort of feel like this was the last straw. Absolutely. And it was the last straw. And he might be well to just go on to another location like John Fox. He, I agree. He's a good coach, and it's worrisome that what coach we're going to get may not be that good. But because I see Ron Rivera as a top 12, top 10 type of coach. Yeah, but I think he's, he's not. Top 10. But I don't see him as a top five coach. And he has struggled to put pieces around cam and now we do have some pieces we still can't protect a quarterback it's it's the same problems every year yes absolutely and this year the defense is starting to falter right his bread and butter you know the saving grace of ron was always that great defense or at least better than average defense Mm -hmm. it's not there this year you know the pass rushing is there uh some games but Overall, the defense is bad, yeah. and the offense is not good enough to keep up with it. I, even with this good game that Kyle Allen had, I, I still don't think he's the future at the position. But he's I a do, future backup. Right. I feel like he's going to be a top-tier backup uh, who will probably get in games. He's going to be like Matt Moore, honestly. I know there's been a lot of Matt Moore comparisons to him just because of Matt Moore started with the Panthers and sort of had the same type of trajectory as Kyle Allen, but I see a lot of similarities between the guys because it's like they're better. I think I heard Bill, Bill Simmons say this. You've got a quarterback who's too good to be a backup, but not good enough to be a starter. Yeah. And, and, that, and that's Matt Moore. I feel like that's Kyle Allen too. I, I agree. After his abysmal performance against the Falcons and 49ers, he doesn't have it to be able to put a team on his shoulders and go all the way. But I think he's going to be a top-tier backup, like you said, that you need him to come in and keep the wheels turning for a game or two. He can do right. that. Right. But he can't do it for the whole season. Right. I, you said Matt Moore. Matt Moore did it in Kansas City this year. I mean, granted, 
he got keys to a Lamborghini, but he kept them rolling. He did, and and those guys are extremely valuable. Mm-hmm. So Kyle Allen's going to have a very long career. Um, I just don't think he's a franchise starting quarterback. I don't either. And I think that's okay. Um, because as an undrafted guy who didn't even get a full season in college, that's a pretty good career to yeah. you know carve out for yourself. So well on you, Kyle Allen. Um, and I, I and I hope it's play- here. Honestly, I hope he's the backup here for a long time. I, I think he's carved out at least five years in the NFL. I bet he'll. I bet he'll be. I bet he'll be like one of those fifteen-year guys who just bounces around from team to team, a year contract, year or two contract here or there. He ends up making $60 million over the course of his career, and he's good to go. Yeah. I just feel like that's what he's going to be. I don't think $60 million, but yeah, I could see him making a good bit of money. Good for him. I'm curious. um, If you want to just like talk a little bit, I'm going to look up Matt Moore's career salary. Well, Matt Moore, you can't say that because Matt Moore got a big contract for us. He made a lot of money from us for like a two-year deal or something. Let's see. No, no. He got one year from us for $3 million. Mm-hmm. And after that, it's just been two. I thought it was way more than that. Nope. Nope. Looking at it right now. 2010, he got a $3 million deal from us. And then he went to the Dolphins for $2.5 million. So he's got $26 million for his career. So maybe $60 million was a <laughs> That was a little much. Yeah, was... I definitely knew that was going to be high for a backup quarterback. Either way, I mean, it's good money. I'll never yeah. come close to that. But he's he's thirty five years old. He's making one million dollars right now. You know, to play two games for Kansas City. So mm-hmm. you know, there you go. Um. <clears throat> anyway, sorry. Back to the Panthers. <laughs> I don't really know what else to say about this game, um, other than. It's one of those losses that you don't feel like it's heartbreaking. Mm-hmm. But like I'm not, I'm gonna sleep okay tonight. You know, I think I am too. Definitely gonna sleep okay tonight. I feel like I walked into this game hoping we wouldn't get blown out, and yeah. even though we lost in a heartbreaking fashion, I felt decent the way the team performed. Unlike last week, where if this team would have yeah. shown up. Here last week we would have won, but some we'd reason, won easily. Yeah, some reason this team didn't show up. It, at least the team is showing up and playing hard. I'd love to know what happened last week. Overconfidence would be my guess. I guess you know, overconfidence, you're... unprepared. Maybe yeah. they were looking too ahead to New Orleans. Maybe, maybe, but. Uh... Yeah, this it's definitely a different feeling this loss than last week's loss. Yeah. Although this loss feels more um, nail in the coffin-y, I guess. You know, we're done. Uh, <laughs> I, I felt more that way last week, to be honest yeah. with you. Maybe that's why this one doesn't feel too bad because we've already we're already resigned to our fate. We're we're already kind of looking where would we might possibly draft at. Yeah, drafting <laughs> head coaches. Yeah, there's a lot to look forward to in the offseason. It's going to be an exciting offseason for the Panthers. I mean, there's a lot of interesting storylines that are going to be happening. 
Yes, and a possibility we should look for a center because Matt Paradis lo- has looked like garbage in pass protection. He has that that big contract we gave him, and we felt so good about it. And mm-hmm. yeah, he's just looked bad. But I don't know, man. Um, I wish. Hey, I, who knows? I know, and a whole new coaching staff comes in. Maybe they unlock the key to Matt Paradis. There was a reason that he was the most highly sought after offensive lineman in last year. You know, yeah. he's got the talent. Yeah, uh, a Jets fan jumped into the Panthers Reddit and was asking how he was doing since they really wanted him bad, mm-hmm. and they but we outbid them. And then they get Ryan Khalil, who's on IR now. And I was like, why couldn't Ryan right. just come back for one more year? It's tell us before yeah. we sign Paradis, and then at least we we can't be that mad at Ryan Khalil because of all he's done here. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I didn't hate Ryan Khalil. I would have, I really would have preferred that him to stick around one more year here if he was going to play one more year. Yeah, uh, I guess it was a money thing. I guess, I guess, uh, Herney just wasn't really to open up to him. Uh, do you do you feel like Herney's kind of gone too far the other direction now, where he was handing out those big contracts to everybody, and now maybe he's being a little too uh, one year contract here and there. You know, he doesn't resign Thomas Davis. Thomas Davis is looking great. In San Diego or Los Angeles, uh, <laughs> I, <laughs> I do no, that all I, the time. <laughs> I, everyone calls them San Diego Chargers. I still, I, I hear national broadcasts where like they'll be, <laughs> yeah, hey, yeah, San Diego. No, 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 no. I mean, That's, Los Angeles. It's a hard habit to kick. It's a hard habit to kick. But anyway, do you feel like that might be the case? I mean, maybe he no. should have opened up the the checkbook a little more for nope. two of the franchise cornerstones. <laughs> now, Thomas Davis said he was going to retire. We moved on. Shaq Thompson has played really well. It, we can't keep paying these guys stringing along. Eventually, he's going to wear out. They're going to reach the end of their time. Uh, the Patriots, I, I don't want to compare us to the Patriots, but their model is to get rid of a player a year or two too soon than a year or two too late. That's true. Yeah. Again, it, it's not working out like the Patriots way, but I'm just saying <laughs> it's a very valid point. Right. And you're right. I mean, both of those guys basically said they were going to retire and then went back on their word to play for another team. So I yeah, will I be agree. interested in Greg Olson situation this year. You feel like if he retires, he's... He's, he's not going to play for another team. <laughs> no, he's 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 going to play for Fox, CBS, or ABC, ESPN. What if, what if the Patriots offered him, you know, a two-year, fifteen million dollar deal to come there and win a Super Bowl with Tom Brady? That might be hard to turn down for him. Uh, it would be extremely hard to turn down. And I could see him doing it too, as ba- as bad as they are at tight end. Um, since Gronk left. But anyway, um, I did want to touch on our beer bet of the week. Ah, yeah, 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 yeah. I had that one wrapped up pretty quickly. Uh, also, we were both in on the uh, Panthers covering the spread. Mm-hmm. So kudos to those of you who followed our advice on that. And those um, who didn't, I'm sorry for all the money you lost. Right. <laughs> in particular, one person. I <laughs> oh yeah <laughs> oh man um so anyway let's get to heroes and zeros i guess why don't you kick it off with your hero my hero 
I this is an easy one for me. This game, DJ Moore. Like I said, he's really he's this past four or five games like hero that besides Christian McCaffrey, six receptions, 126 yards, two touchdowns. Got injured, continued to play. I mean, he kept us in this game. Yeah, that's a good one. Um, I'm not going to go Christian McCaffrey because. Again, we have named this hero award the Christian McCaffrey Hero Award. So I'll go Kyle Allen. I've been tough on Kyle Allen, um, particularly the last month or so. I don't think he's been a good quarterback at all. Um, but this game, he was very good. He was efficient. He took care of the ball other than that one fumble. And he allowed DJ Moore and Christian McCaffrey to make plays you know, uh, in that yeah. secondary. So kudos to you, Kyle Allen. Um, <clears throat> I'll take the uh, easy zero here in okay. uh, Joey Sly. Uh, I think there's a lot of zeros that you can choose from here, but uh, Sly is the most obvious one and certainly probably did the most damage to us in terms of taking points off the board. So, Joey, I don't know if this is your last game as a Panther, but it's been a hell of a ride. Yeah, my uh, my brother said they should fire him while in New Orleans and make him take commercial back home. <laughs> <laughs> Didn't that I think Jack Del Rio was fired in after a loss away game and he had to fly back with the team or something like that. Oh yeah, I, I remember that. Yeah, he was like fired uh, on the tarmac or something. Yes. Um. Uh, now my zero. I'm gonna go Eric Reed. He led the team in tackles. The reason he led the league or our team or the game in tackles was because he just was horrible in coverage. He was letting yeah. everybody buy him, and he was playing bad football out there. Uh, we talked about how we felt finally secure with our safety position. He looked awful. He's not looking like he's living up to that contract. I haven't mm -hmm. really been impressed with him all season. And I'll be honest, when he went down with that, ankle injury I'm putting in quotation marks um I said to myself oh look he's got the Jared Cook is kicking my ass injury and he wants to go to the <laughs> sideline because they were picking on him and you know Romo called it out he said they are picking on Eric Reed and they were they I need to see the numbers of how many times they went at him and what their passer rating was because I bet it was sky high yeah he wasn't it, stopping anything the worst part was when he went out I was like, okay, now we get to see Rashawn Golden. Nope, Colin nope. Jones. <laughs> Colin Jones, your boy. <laughs> oh, God. Oh, man. Great special teamers. When he's in safety position, you lost. <laughs> to, to, to his credit, I did not see any difference on the defense when he was out there. Yeah, I didn't. <laughs> uh, not Eric Reed, a good thing either, though. No. Uh, Eric Reed came back in shortly after the uh, quotation ankle injury. So even though, you know, I saw the replay and yes, he turned his ankle, but come on, I've turned my ankle way worse than that and gotten right back up and walked away. So I think he was just playing that up. He was getting his butt whooped out there and he knew it. So, yeah. All right. Um, anything else? Any other last thoughts before we take a quick break? No, another heartbreaker, another heartbreaker. All right. Well, we'll take a quick break. Look at the. Other NFC South game that happened this week and the rest of week 12.
Animal Chat with Dr. Matt, John Williams, and Dr. Matthew Holden. Every week with interviews with veterinarians and writers talking health issues, care for your pets and farm animals, along with real-life stories out in the fields, barns, and houses. And we're back. And let's move on to the other NFC South game. The Tampa Bay Buccaneers defeated the Atlanta Falcons 35-22. to Jameis Winston had a Jameis Winston-style game, 18 of 28, 313 yards, three touchdowns, with two interceptions. Of course he does. He can't throw non-interception <laughs> games. Right. Matt Ryan, on the other hand, really struggled today, 23 out of 46, 271 yards, no touchdowns, and one interception. Uh, Ronald Jones led all running with 12 carries, 51 yards, and a touchdown. Uh Tampa Bay, look at them now. Four I and seven. I mean, Chris, Chris Godwin, by the way, massive game for oh, Tampa yes. Bay. That guy, geez, Louise. Uh, good, good receiver there. Seven catches for 184 yards, just to give you the numbers. The Tampa Bay Buccaneers improved to four and seven. The Atlanta Falcons fall to three and eight. They couldn't keep their winning ways get going. I mean, the NFC South is the New Orleans Saints and the rest of us. That's just the way it is. Yeah, let's run through those standings real quick. Uh, New Orleans nine and two, Carolina five and six, Tampa Bay four and seven, Atlanta three and eight. So, barring I don't even know what could happen uh, because even if Drew Brees goes down, Teddy comes in and he can win one out of the next five games. Let's be honest; like there's. <laughs> There's just oh, no shot. There's no shot I, for anybody else to win the division. If Teddy Bridgewater comes in, he's they're going to win quite a few games. That's They've got this wrapped up. They are wearing the crown this year. Yeah, I mean, either a, a New Orleans win or a Carolina loss, and that locks up the division for the Saints. You figure they'll probably lock it up next week. Who do they play next week? They play the Falcons next week. So, uh, actually, that's a uh, Sunday night game. So... Mm-hmm. Who knows? Who knows what Falcons will show up? But um, yeah, they could be the first team in the NFL to lock up the division. So, yeah, NFC South, I guess. All right, All right. let's move on. Yeah, <laughs> that wraps up the NFC South. Uh, <laughs> let's jump into the rest of Week Twelve. We'll start in Buffalo, where the the Buffalo Bills took on the Denver Broncos. Buffalo wins again. Uh, Josh Allen looked pretty good in this game 15 for 25, 185 yards and two touchdown Devin Singletary, I think the reins are shifting there uh, 21 carries, 106 yards and Cole Beasley led all receivers six, recepts, six receptions for 76 yards and a touchdown uh, Buffalo wins this one 20 to 3 moves to 8 and 3 the Broncos fall to 3 and 8 uh, the Chicago Bears defeated the New York Giants 19-14. to Mitchell Strabeski led all passing 25 out of 41, 278 yards and one touchdown. Saquon Barkley had 17 carries, 59 yards. And Allen Robinson for Chicago had six receptions, 131 yards and one touchdown. The Giants fall to 2-9 and nine, while the Bears improved to 5-6. and six. Just like Panthers scratching at that wild card with no real hope. Uh, next, we go to Cincinnati, where the Pittsburgh Steelers defeated the Cincinnati Bengals 16-10. to I believe we've seen the last of Mason Rudolph. And was, good riddance. Yeah, he, he started this game but was pulled after just looking terrible. 
And Devlin Hodges came in and ended up you know, winning the game for Pittsburgh. Uh, Hodges, 5 for 11, 118 yards, one touchdown, no interceptions. But Rudolph was 8 for 16, 85 yards, and one interception, no touchdowns. So he was just ineffective. Um, leading passer in the game, though, was Ryan Finley. 12 for 26, 192 yards, and one touchdown. If you like quarterback play, this was probably not the game for you. <laughs> <laughs> Um, Benny Snell Jr. led all uh, runners with 21 carries for 98 yards. And Tyler Boyd, a week after talking about how underutilized he was, five receptions for 101 yards and a touchdown. Um, Pittsburgh moves to 6-5. and five. Cincinnati falls to 0-11. The Cleveland Browns defeated the Miami Dolphins 41-24. They're starting to get on track right as the playoffs hunt is really starting. Uh, Baker Mayfield led all passing with 327 yards, three touchdowns. Nick Chubb had 106 yards on the ground and one touchdown. And Jarvis Landry had a heck of a game with 10 receptions, 148 yards, and two touchdowns. It looks like the Browns might sneak out into the playoffs and may actually cause some damage in the AFC South. They improved to 5-6, and six, while the Dolphins... Fish tank is not going so well at two and nine. I believe you meant the AFC North. Yeah, um, that's okay. Moving on. The New York Jets destroyed the Oakland Raiders in New Jersey. 34 to three. Uh, just when you think you know the Raiders, they get destroyed by the Jets. Um, <laughs> Sam Darnold had a great game. 20 for 29, 315 yards passing and two touchdowns. Le'Veon Bell continues to earn that big contract. 12 carries for 49 yards. <laughs> and Robbie Anderson led all receivers. Four receptions, 86 yards, and a touchdown. Jets are on a roll. I believe they've won three in a row, up to four and seven. And the Raiders dropped to six and five, still right in that playoff hunt in the AFC, though. Moving on, the Seattle Seahawks defeated the Philadelphia Eagles 17-9. Carson Wentz led all passing with 256 yards and one touchdown. Rashad Penny for Seattle had 14 carries, 129 yards, and one touchdown. Finally looking like a number one draft or first-round draft pick. Uh, Zach Gertz had 12 receptions, 91 yards, and a touchdown. Seattle is 9-2, and securely firmly in a wild-card spot in the NFC, and the Eagles fall to 5-6. and six. Moving on to Washington, the Redskins continue to probably not do what they should do, and they won a game. 19-16 over the Detroit Lions. Dwayne Haskins wins his first game as a starting quarterback by looking terrible. He threw only for 156 yards and an interception. No touchdowns for him. Um, Jeff Driscoll for... Detroit. I mean, these are two quarterbacks. I mean, talk about bad quarterback play today. 20 for 33, 207 yards, one touchdown, and three interceptions for Driscoll. Uh, Bo Scarborough led all rushers, 18 carries for 98 yards, and Terry McLaurin led all receivers, five receptions for 72 yards. Washington moves to two and nine. Detroit falls to three, seven, and one. Uh, another fun note on this game, Dwayne Haskins, for his first victory, was not out there for the victory formation because he was too busy taking a selfie with a fan. Yeah. And the coaching staff was looking for him for the last play or for the last kneel down. They couldn't find him. They actually had to get case Keenum to go yeah. take the D. 
So congratulations, Case Keenum, on the victory. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, The Tennessee Titans destroyed the Jacksonville Jaguars 42-20. to I I should just say Derrick Henry destroyed the Jacksonville Jaguars. Nick Foles, since his return, has not lived up to that contract. He did lead all passing 32 out of 48 for 272 yards. And like I said, Derrick Henry, he ran all over them. 19 carries, 159 yards, two touchdowns, and A.J. Brown led all receiving with four receptions, 135 yards, and one touchdown. The Jaguars fall to 4-7, and seven, while the Titans improve to 6-5. and five. And in a game that was expected to be, you know, potentially a Super Bowl uh, preview, the New England <laughs> Patriots host the Dallas Cowboys. Uh, New England wins this game 13-9, it was a lot of nasty weather in this game, so hard to... I mean, neither of the quarterbacks look good. Brady was 17 for 37, 190 yards and touchdown. Dak, not much better. Actually worse, 19 for 33, 212 yards and an interception. Um, this was a game that just was very ugly. I guess old school football, if you like that. Um, Ezekiel Elliott led all rushers, 21 carries for 86 yards. And Julian Edelman... Eight receptions for 93 yards. This was his kind of game, just short passes. But, uh, yeah, the Patriots moved to 10-1. and one. Cowboys fall to 6-5. and five. I'll be glad to eat crow, but the Cowboys are not going to represent the NFC in the Super Bowl. I, I said, I, I'm I said, not I said some people thought <laughs> that that could be a matchup. Do they have a star on their helmet or named Jerry Jones? Well, you know, a lot of people do. <laughs> uh, now the NFC is loaded and I just don't see them coming out of it you have New Orleans, Minnesota uh, San Fran, Seattle there are so many good teams in the NFC this year well we don't usually do this but let's take a quick look at the playoff standings it feels like this is a good time to do it because I think a lot of this is already locked in um, in the NFC you've got San Francisco at 9-1 and one. they're playing right now uh, in the number one spot and then New Orleans Climbed into the number two seed today at nine and two. Um, Green Bay is leading their division. They're third, eight and two. And then you've got Dallas. You know, they're leading the NFC East. They're six and five. They're a game ahead I, of I'm Philadelphia. I'm telling you, Philadelphia's going to win that division. I don't know, man. Do, after today, do you have any? I, I mean, they got beat again today, and that didn't look good. They just look bad. They don't look they, good at they're all. They're just so injured. I could see I still, Dallas I, winning and being one and done in the playoffs. I guess I could see that too, but I, I think Philadelphia is going to somehow beat them and get into it, like by that, like a weird tiebreaker or something like that. Probably whoever wins that division is going to be playing either Seattle, who's currently fifth, or San Francisco, whichever team does not win the NFC and, West. And one of those teams will demolish right. either Philly or Dallas. Yeah, and then you've got Minnesota sitting at six, the eight and three, and then two games back, basically is Los Angeles, so the Los Angeles Rams. So those are the seven teams that are really in it, and I think those top six are probably locked in. Um, looking at the AFC, the Patriots are kind of running away with the number one seed. They're 10-1. And, one. and then Baltimore. Shocked. Baltimore. <laughs> surprising Baltimore. Eight now that two. I am shocked about. Yeah. Um, Houston's at 7-4. and four. They're leading the AFC South. And then Kansas City, seven and four. They're currently sitting in fourth place. And then Buffalo, eight and three, yeah, leading the wild card. 
I don't see Buffalo faltering that much. I think they've already secured their wild card spot. Well, they they're playing in a good division. I mean, other than the Patriots, they can beat up on those other two teams. Okay. Um, but hey, guess who's sitting in sixth right now? Pittsburgh. Pittsburgh. That's six and five, and there is a logjam because Oakland also six and five. Indianapolis also six and five. Tennessee also six and five. Then they've got Cleveland at five and six. So that's that's where the fun's going to be watching who gets in that last yeah. uh, wild card spot in the AFC. Yeah, that that will be very interesting on who sneaks in. Uh, you got to also look at Indianapolis too. They're only a game behind Houston in their own division. I mean, it could yeah. flop and Houston could be completely out of it. That's true. And then um, actually Pittsburgh and Cleveland are in the same position. So um, yeah, there's going to be that's going to be a crazy. But listen, listen to the Buffalo Bills next five games at Dallas versus Baltimore at Steelers at Patriots at Jets. <laughs> so I don't know, man. I, I, I think see them losing. I could see them losing all those games. I, I mean, at the, uh, they're not going to beat the. Ravens, I mean, I guess probably. I could see it, but I, I don't. I think they're going to end up in the playoffs. I feel pretty confident with those. Maybe it's my Panther blood running to that blue <laughs> of Sean McDermott. And are we are we Buffalo fans now? Basically, <laughs> I feel like I am. <laughs> I feel like they've got at least ten wins in them, and that's that, going to be good enough to get into the AFC playoffs. I, sure. I think they definitely beat the Jets. I mean. So you're looking for one win out of that? I think yeah, it's probably Pittsburgh. Um, yeah, yeah. So although and they could, they, now. they they play uh, New England tough. So who knows? Um, but they've got a, a very good defense in Buffalo, so I think they're going to be fine. Um, all right. Well, we want to thank it. everybody for listening. Uh, we'll probably be back on Thanksgiving, if not, probably Black Friday. Really depends. Mm, maybe we'll try to. Maybe we'll try to put a show out Wednesday. Okay, sounds good. We'll try to put out a show early. Uh, luckily, we play Washington, so hopefully we can get another W. Uh, Maybe not a ton to talk about for that game. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> um, other than that, thank you for listening. If you want to leave us your comment, you can email us at meowmixmailbag at gmail.com. Yeah, everybody. Um, again, keep your head up. I feel like we say that a lot lately but uh you know there are brighter things to come we've got a good owner who's gonna make sure that we have a winning team here at some point so until wednesday keep pounding